Hello there, everyone. I'm Max. I'm Cassie. And we have a couple of very exciting announcements for you ahead of the show today. We think you'll really like this episode, but we want to tell you some really cool news. Yeah. We have two pieces of news for you. The first is that you wanted it, you got it. We have a P.O. box Whoa. now. And you can, if you have something to send us, you can send it to P.O. Box 1657 Pullman, Washington, Zip code 99163. Uh, We'll print that in the show notes also, so you can just copy and paste if you want. Please no perishable items. In addition to that, we have another piece of really good news for you. We have started a Patreon account. Yes. Thanks to suggestions from you, our listeners, you can now go to patreon.com slash insanely haunted to show support for your favorite podcast about ghost adventures. We have different levels at the $1 level, which is $1 a month. Uh, you will get a personal thank you from us on air. At the $3 level, you'll get the personal thank you and you'll also get access to the insanely haunted discord server where you can chat with other insanely haunted patrons as well as Cassie and I. And you get a special gift, a digital download download of eight randomized bingo cards so you can play ghost adventures bingo at home with your friends at the five dollar level and that's five dollars a month you will get everything that we've just mentioned plus you will get access to submit a question to our monthly q a which we will be hosting on twitch at twitch live stream that so that'll be every month and we'll post the links to that as well and finally if you really want to go above and beyond you can subscribe at the ten dollar a month level at the ten dollar a month level you become one of the recipients of a quarterly zine published by Cassie and I, including a special custom Ghost Adventures Insanely Haunted sticker every uh, in every issue. And that's about it. And that's it. So listen, go to patreon.com slash insanely haunted. If you're able to support us right now, we'd be so happy and so grateful. If you're unable to support us right now, we totally understand. Yeah. Believe us. We understand. We are poor ourselves. We will use this funding to help purchase a better audio setup for our show. We'll also be using it to cover our hosting costs for the uploading of this show. But again, if that's not financially feasible for you, just writing us a review on iTunes or Facebook uh, or telling your friends about us really means a lot. And we do appreciate all of you. We already have our first two patrons. Yay! So this episode is dedicated to John V and Stefan. Thank you so much Thank for your support. You. Speaking of our friend Stefan, stay tuned after the show for a promo of a podcast that we think you'll enjoy. Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Austin. And I'm Laura Ray. Welcome back, guys. We're so glad you could join us again. We're here. And welcome to our listeners. We're back from PodCon. Woo! It was amazing. It was fun. We met so many cool people. Thanks thanks for coming out to PodCon, everybody who was there. I know it's a while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, we, we brought it with us in our heart. We yeah. missed PodCon, but we did see the H-Bomb stream, so, you know. Trans rights. Trans, trans rights, rights uh, folks. Trans rights. Teeth gang. 
Alore and Austin picked this episode from the list of episodes that we have available. Um, Sounds based, juicy to me. Based on the name, really, more than anything. It, it, the Excalibur Nightclub, which... Chwing! Uh, yeah. That's I what know. I hear in my head is the, like, the sword Shh. swiping sound effect. I know how to pick them, because this one was a real juicy episode. So, um, they arrived at this... Uh, in, so, it's in Chicago. We're going to Chicago. And we're also going to Glen Ellen, briefly. Illinois, briefly for a moment. And also to some woods behind Chicago. Yeah. So the main building, the Excalibur Club building, was originally a historic museum society it, thing. Yeah, it belongs to the historical oh, society. We, we have to start with their their interesting framing device, which oh, is... Oh, yes, the protests. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so in, in 2013, there were protests in Chicago uh, at the NATO summit. This episode of Ghost Adventures opens with them at the protests, and apparently they have no idea what's going on or any concept of the reason why it's going on. They, they were enough of assholes to get one of the protesters to say they're going to fucking smash his camera. Well, like. you're fucking videotaping a black block. Don't do that. They're and, anarchists. And, uh, don't, do, don't tape them. And Zach yeah. was wearing the exact same outfit as the black bro- block protest. so fucking funny to me that Zach accidentally dressed as an anarchist for this protest. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah. Well, I have to I have to also mention before we get any further, there were some really, really fantastic shots of his like bright pink lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also wearing a Chicago Bulls cap, which uh, Oh, that'll he, explain the red and black. He, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't usually do. Just so y'all know, this protest, according to a Reuters twenty thirteen article, they mentioned that it was a mostly peaceful march led by a group of Iraq war veterans who symbolically gave back their military medals. And there were police Police estimated about 2,500 to 3,000 people, but there were probably more. There was a really awesome shot of somebody with, what was it? They had a fishing rod with a oh, yeah. bit of line on it, and at the end of the line was a donut, and he was putting it up against the cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's pretty good. Anyway, Max says, we're going to get away from that damn riot. <laughs> Zach says that? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, did I say Max? Yes. <laughs> sorry. So many times, like every fucking episode, you do this to me. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's that, it's that ack. You got, it you is. got ack in your name. You both got it, I'm sorry. So anyway, okay, so anyway. they're at the Excalibur <laughs> nightclub. <laughs> so, oh, do you want to leave this in? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. This, this nightclub looks so... Super. I, I said it looks it looks classy, but uh, really, it just it yeah. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It looks a lot like a set from like the Crow, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. the Crow movie, yeah. right? It looks like a set that was built in like the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It looks like they took a Dick's Sporting Goods and transformed it into a nightclub, <laughs> and uh, not just any nightclub, but definitely like a vampire goth nightclub. Which this, I'm okay, okay with. No, I'm extremely okay with this. This nightclub has a person whose job title is necromancer. Resident <laughs> necromancer. Oh my god. I'm the counting... literal Job from Rest Development. Yeah. This guy. I'm uh, calling him the old coot for the episode, by the way. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> yeah. young coot. He's definitely a young coot, but he does do his whole, uh, <laughs> his, his, like, practiced and memorized stage magic routine that goes along with like his shtick about like the people who were who who were murdered and or died there. Can I say that he offers to give us the 
real history of this building (laughs) as opposed to i don't know what so i just want to i just want to like describe to you what's going on with this so this man in a suit he is did he have a top hat he he definitely did remind me of rotisserie shithead he should have had a top hat he should have had a top hat he would have been better (laughs) he was starting to do this whole monologue uh and he was like ripping up these Um, papers so so he had two jeans one named lily one named kinsey and he wrote he wrote Lily on a piece of paper and he folded it up and so teared it's, it's it up. It's Laleen. I just want Laleen. It which reminded me, by the way, you know that little really shitty magic trick that you learn when you're like a child? When I mean, you, isn't when that you, the one that he did? I thought that you, was the one he did. Where you fold a dollar bill and you end up opening it up upside down. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about the one where you fold a dollar bill and it's the World Trade Centers. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> but he's like he's like folding the bills very carefully and staring at them doing this whole story, thing story. telling the story and like doing sleight of hand and he and then pulls he starts out ripping a, them out and, yeah. and then ripping, he, the, ripping them apart he pulls out a lighter and just and it's just like a Bic lighter and he just lights it it's well, like the it, fire yeah. there's like very little showmanship in this this <laughs> Stage He's magic. talking about the Great Chicago Fire, and and, uh, and uh, all the mean. In, in the meantime, you got the the three guys just sort of slouching on stools, watching him in a completely empty room. Yeah, and so <laughs> nice. And they they also like all of the actual sleight of hand is ruined. Like you don't see it happening. It just happens between cuts of the very shitty reenactment. So it's like. We're not even seeing the, the magic, thing. the magic show. We're not even seeing the actual magic. It's essentially implied at this point. Okay, and that I he totally, does magic. That he got it on the first try. I yeah. totally miss like how he got it back together again. Yeah, what no, happens? exactly. What yeah. No, they don't. They, they, oh, they, don't. they cut it up so bad oh that God. you can't see okay. it. You don't see it. They yeah, edited it very poorly. Yeah, they. Well, they. I. They maybe, ruined this man's illusion. Uh, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's because he's in whatever the magic person club or trying to get in <laughs> he's like he's you in the can't... magician's the magician's fu- fu- fuck fucking... <laughs> what is it man the, magi- the magician's society fuck <laughs> we demand to be taken seriously yeah but yeah it was really really awful and just like really we're doing this and yeah. then the, the ghost adventures crew were like that was really good the, yeah, i know like, Zach I, says I, I loved it i expected just like a Uh, uh, Anyway, so the story he was telling honestly really didn't have a whole lot to do with the nightclub. I don't know. Almost, almost. It had nothing nothing. to do with the nightclub. It also had nothing to do with either of the lockdowns. They do two lockdowns. It had nothing to do with the magic that he was performing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there were names written down, and he was holding them. I guess that was. And he had a big lighter. And he did have a big lighter. (laughs) That was use the big lighter to do anything. I think he might have, but I don't think it was like I don't think we saw it. I mean, it's implied. The story that he was trying to tell was that there was a settler maybe the first guy in chicago he gets murdered by another dude these are the two guys and, then and they're, the both, other... they're both named gene right yeah they're both named gene i think and one of the guys like gets buried <laughs> under the building or something maybe no, no, he he got killed yeah and then mysteriously his remains were gifted to the historical society oh, okay. which now which um, burned away which the great burned Ch- away the great chicago fire and is now 
the Excalibur nightclub. And then the guy who killed him gets a street named after him. Oh, what a... Well, yeah. fuck. Yeah, that's, that was like... The way that he said it was like as though like there aren't a million like famous people who got away with murder and have tons of shit named after them. Like people killed each other all the time in the Old West. Like they loved it. They hey. were horny for it. Hey, you know, all the, the faces on our dollar bills and, yeah. and, and coins. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they then open up with some other stories. Uh, The first one they open up with is an anonymous witness of a ghost pushing people off the railings. And this (laughs) this source is super credible. Um, It's the former GM. They went to the club at night to do some fucking recon. So they went to the club and they see a random drunk patron, I'm assuming because it's a nightclub and what else would you do? be doing there except for taking drugs or, or drinking. There are no sober people in my nightclubs. If there are, bless your heart. Right? Good for you. I'm proud of you. Whoever you're DDing for does not deserve you. Yes. They're told that this guy saw or girl, they don't even say this witness saw someone fall over the railing once. Once at some point in time. Once at some point in time. And that's like, they're credible. And they say credible over and over and over yeah. again. No, Nowhere are we given the credentials by which we're verifying this credibility. The credibility is not actually in any way established. They just say that it is credible. And then like, that's not what that means, guys. <laughs> it, you, you, credible means like you have a reason for saying that. You don't just say it. And then we believe you. <laughs> so this is a com- this story is accompanied by some one a wonderful reenactment of yeah. like a slightly pudgy guy just kind of keeling over, taking a tumble. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they. I mean, good on him, brave stunt work they right there. Um, they, they, yeah, they yeah. had a they had a like the big the big giant puffy thing that stunt people fall onto. Yeah, the, the big the big bounce castle, you know. The B roll also they 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 like it so much they play it three times. On the third time they do like a mega close up of the stunt actor's butt. <laughs> So former GM Josh arrives and he used to be a skeptic, but he believes in ghosts now because of his time at the Excalibur nightclub. Apparently they dealt with lots of people getting pushed. Apparently there was a little girl ghost. Oh boy, do we hear that again and again and again. And of course, Zach Beggins links it to demons. This guy has a tell and his tell is when he giggles. Listen for it in the episode. It's so satisfying. He giggles? What? He get, he I totally missed that. He giggles. He doesn't giggle like a, like, like, <laughs> oh, he giggles like, 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 like <laughs> there's also they also <laughs> managed scary. to they also managed to scrounge up a quote unquote credible witness by the name of Ursula oh, who yes. says oh, no, 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 she's, no. she's she's so credible that she runs a haunted tour service. <laughs> yes, yeah. And she she was haunted in this nightclub when she was a teenager. She says that she had no well, what, teenager? Yeah, she yeah, said that when she was 18, she saw said it was, oh, ghosts. They said it was 20 well, years ago while she was, while, while they were having her... It was her first ghost experience. Well, a ghost rubbed its fingers through her hair. Yeah, well, and, and, and over that, they played footage of her, like, very obviously, like, her now. They didn't, like, try to put in makeup on her. the same outfit as, as... As she was wearing, just, like, messing around in the bathroom and then going... <gasps> Touch hair. Hand on hand on head. This leads to the absolute gem from from Zach. He's leaning over the railing and he's just like questions, 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 <laughs> questions, 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 <laughs> and he gets louder each time and it's really scary. And like they also have the words yes. on the screen. No, no, no. My favorite part text. of this is the words say who, what, when, where, why appearing on the screen. <laughs> And then he go, and then he launches into like the most pathetic attempt at what 
what I think might be like supposed to be spoken word I've ever heard. You just you just kind of have to listen to it because he like he tries to establish some sort of rhythm. I wish I had written it down. He but to, he does some real spoken word. He tries poetic to, journey. He, he yeah. gets he gets really into slam poetry for just a minute and then decides he's not very good at it and stops before before he can get embarrassed. If he really didn't want to embarrass himself, though, he would have cut this next part of the episode out. The whole oh thing my god. Where, uh, we uh, go. So, we go on a trip down memory lane with so Zach, Zach Bagans. Zach has told us many times that he's from Las Vegas. It's not true, we find out no, in this episode. No, he is from Las Vegas now. from college on. From yeah. college on. Before that, he lived in Glen Ellen, Illinois. Now he found a video. Actually, our fan Coralie shared with us a really, really special video that everyone listening to this needs to look up right now on YouTube. Just type in Zach Bagans' Wheel of Fortune. And this is when he was in college in Las Vegas. Apparently, he was going to UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, which Uh-oh. which I almost went to. I got accepted for grad school. He was a radio DJ. If you watch this, you will see his actual size and stature, skin color, and hair color. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He had, like, a Leon Kennedy haircut back oh in college. Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, he had that that thing that everybody had back then, the 2002. And hey, he's so dog. He's so small and thin, and it's really funny because, obviously, really, really insecure. I mean... And his sister is there with him, and she seems uh, they, so much less insecure. Yeah. They, so, they look nothing alike. Yeah, I know. Well, and she also, like, seems like, like a confident, cool human being. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Zach. And, and Zach, not like what a, uh, somebody's impression of what a confident, cool human being yeah. is. If like. you even just like mute the volume while you're watching this, Zach looks like his usual like pompous, narcissistic asshole. Just his body language, just over overcompensating and extremely. Anyway, check that vid out. Very yeah. good. Um, That's from when he's in Las Vegas. It'll, but it'll prepare you for this next sequence where we go to Zach's hometown, where he went to high school, and apparently just sort of walk around showing off that he's famous now. It is the most boring part. Oh, yeah, it's... and we get, like, a bunch... Well, actually, we probably get the only people he could find who recognized him and watched his show. <laughs> yeah. Like, to be honest. It's the least compelling television that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, what was the town called? Glen, Glen Ellen. Allen. Glen Ellen, Illinois. So it's not that far from Chicago. He yeah. grew up there, went to high school there. We see his high school. I wrote down Full House Memories. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it's really yeah, boring. We, we see a bunch of uh, photos put, of him as a kid. Yeah. Like, they put point, poignant music over top of it. He talks about how he went sledding sometimes. So, so this is the point in the episode where we're like, oh, we're in for just a nothing burger of a lockdown. Down, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and right before they they finish this whole like section of the TV show, uh, he starts talking about man past. Like as we as we drive away from my past, Into I have in my presence. notes uh, Zach has a Garden State moment. <laughs> he tries desperately to, for, to have anything oh, resembling yeah. a Garden State. Yeah, moment. he's like, yeah. man, it's like I changed, but the town didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like time didn't move. <laughs> he, try, uh, he, he desperately tries to ex- express a coherent thought. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're we we're going to lockdown space number two. Oh, they also, uh, as we get into that lockdown space number two, they say another extremely credible source is this uh, photograph 
uh, that they've mm, got. The um, ghostly woman. This photograph is the reason why I had issues nailing the time period. It's because the photo was taken in 1991. Somebody refers to that as 23 years ago in this episode. <laughs> oh, no. Which is factually incorrect if it was shot in 2012. 2013. Or 2013. Well, regardless, that's only 22. Uh, no, I, fuck. Yeah, that's only 22. I was right. I was right this time. Okay. Cool. Or 21. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we, anyway, do, we got it more right than they did. We're <laughs> equally as bad as math, but we're also inebriated. So, so whatever. If, if you guys, if you guys have ever seen, uh, there's like a, a a famous photo of, from 1991. From 1991 of a lady sitting on like a stone thing in a graveyard, and apparently that photo is from this graveyard. The graveyard is called Bachelors Grove Cemetery. I, I really don't understand why people think it's a ghost at all. It looks just like a woman in period dress sitting on a tombstone. There's absolutely nothing about it that would even suggest it was a ghost. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have any kind of ghostiness at all. To yeah. to their credit, they do try to figure out, you know, more about this this picture and they do contact the person who created it. The person doesn't ever get back to them and they say that it's super duper credible. And yeah, so this person doesn't get back to them, so they just assume they go with all of their assumptions, which is great. And they also talk to a guy who's been coming out here as a hobbyist paranormal investigator since he was a kid, and this man is unhinged. <laughs> oh, this guy. This man has seen, has ha, all of these stories that I'm sure he's told over and over again and the mythology that he has created in his mind has evolved in such a way that I don't know what he thinks is true anymore. <laughs> yeah. So he he, uh, he shows them a bunch of photos with a bunch of weird black shapes in the grass that look kind of <laughs> just like headphones or headstones rather, but he calls them shadow people. He says that one of them looks like, quote, a friggin' werewolf. <laughs> And it was just uh, like a brown blob in the, in the middle distance. Really and uh, he, he shows off this EVP he's really proud of that he says, it sounds like, I'm going to kill you. But really, to me, it just kind of sounded like he dropped the tape recorder. Like, yeah, yeah. It, the, the, every single word sounds identical to the like foots crunching through the forest sound effect. Yeah. And if you can hear anything, you only hear, hear like maybe the first two words that they think that they're saying. I, I heard Nyangum. Uh, Zach says slurry and doesn't know what it means. No, no, he does not know. He says that there's like a slurry of activity out here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. A a slurry is like when you have solid material mixed with liquid material. A slurry is like what they tell you to put in the the soy sauce when you're making teriyaki. But uh, anyway, they credit the ghosts to no less than three parties. Mobsters dumping people in the swamp. Remember that swamp, by the way. It's important. And, and they, they mentioned that important. it is said that bodies were dumped here. Yes, maybe. it is said, maybe. That, then, they, then they go to everyone's favorite boogeyman, the Satanists. Oh God. Um, even a park ranger even confirms this. Did y'all panic. notice this? They fucking talk to a, a Bachelor's Grove park ranger who's like, yeah, there's Satanists out here. Sometimes I find headless chickens. And or, or maybe, you know, you're in Illinois and they're chickens that got fucking murdered. And, and then they just kind of wave their hands towards the old cemetery and they're like, eh, ghosts, you know. I was old in, cemetery, ghosts. I was, I was in uh, Colorado over the summer and we found a cow's tongue in a field Ugh. right next to a, a, a pasture. You find shit. Doesn't mean that people are doing it. Yeah. Sometimes they are and they're fucked up and should be held accountable but doesn't mean 
automatically that it's Satanists. The thing is, like, usually if people are losing livestock and they don't know where it's going, they get pissed off. Or maybe you're, like, personally hand-raising chicks into chickens to sacrifice them to the devil, but I don't think you are, especially if you're not a Satanist of America, in which case you're not really worshipping Satan. You're just a fun atheist. Actually, just for you listeners, I made a visit to both... I've done this multiple times, many times. I made a visit for the to the Satanic Temple's website, and I made a visit to the Church of Satan's website. Very different organizations, it should be said. Yes. So, Church of Satan, if you go to their FAQ, question, why do Satanists worship the devil? Answer, we don't. Satanists are atheists. The Satanic Temple's website, FAQ. Question, or I guess it would be a comment. I want to sell my soul, get rich, join the Illuminati, etc. Answer, please look elsewhere. Question, do you worship Satan? Answer, no, nor do we believe in the existence of Satan or the supernatural. So also, in addition to all of these uh, hilariously super credible stories, we get one last really, really credible story from our friend John. Oh, John. And it is about Ghost Car. Ghost Car. This part had me literally slack John. I'd never heard anything like this before. Ghost Car came down the road. Uh, John's friend was like, what is that? John said, Ghost Car. And that's... I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even, so the way that he said it, he was like, I saw a car and I I stood still and I didn't want to say anything in case it was all in my head. And then later my friend said, Hey, earlier, did you hear a car? Whoa, dude. Oh man. And then, and then Zach takes it completely off the rails with this stone God. Theory, right? Yeah, you guys spent oh, some time on this. So this, I, I want his exact wording. The, the stone tape theory is that inanimate material can absorb energy from moments of high tension and that this energy can be released in the form of a recording of an incident. And something then, like that. And then Zach cradles a bit of asphalt for a really long time and it says it really makes you think. Yeah. He, he actually does snuggle up to a bit of a, a chunk of asphalt. Anyway, I'm working on my PhD in geology. Cassie has a master's in geology. Rocks, what, do, what do you guys what do you guys think about this? The rocks stone, don't have stone memory? memory. Well, okay. So there's the geology 101 maxim that every rock is an is a record of the environment in which it's formed. Which is true. Which is true. And Zach almost gets there, but then he then he swerves off into left field or left field of every rock remembers everything that ever happens on it happens on top they're not of it. Gonna, they're not going to store energy from a car driving over it for years. That's not going to happen. Yes. And, and by the way, not only does it store this memory, it projects it like a fucking like a like, like a hologram like, like a hologram <laughs> IMAX. It projects it back onto the world. Energy yeah. can travel through rock through the earth, but it doesn't store it. It just makes it into earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, if you have a size, it just destroys the works of man. That's all. <laughs> if you have a seismometer, it's a seismometer, right? Yeah, mm, seismometer. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a seismometer, I think it's pronounced seismometer. No, Size. no. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a seismometer, it will register so many different movements like you have to really put them deep into a very solid foundation in the ground um but they can record like a car traveling across the road or actually seismometer was the name of the doctor um the invention is called seismometer's monster (laughs) okay all right 
But yeah, it's 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 the uh, seismometer is the re- region in France. Energy travels through things. It does not just rocks don't store energy. They're not batteries. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, they're not batteries, and they're not a record or a tape. No. We actually know that the outer core of the Earth is a liquid because of how waves travel through the material of the Earth, not get stored into them. Yeah. Because we we register these waves on the opposite sides of the Earth. Well, the thing is, so so physically, rocks are very elastic. They. Oh my uh, God, we're getting into geology. <laughs> That's what our audience comes here for, Laura Ray. I don't oh know if you know. God. So rocks are considered very elastic, and small stresses. What does elastic mean? Uh, so it's it, I, I'm, I'm, it stretches and then comes back to its original form. I, I mean, I was actually about to launch into what elastic means. So small amounts of stresses applied over a short period of time. So an impulse stress, like a car driving over a, a road, will the rock will temporarily deform, and then once the stress is released, the rock will instantly snap back to its undeformed state because a car doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the power to exert enough stress to overcome the rock's yield strength. Nobody knows what that means. Uh, yes, a that? yield strength is the failure. Nobody knows what you're talking about, Austin. Uh, a, a, oh, god damn it! A, a rock's yield strength is the stress limit at which, uh, once this limit of stress is met, the rock will uh, will fail either brittily by snapping or ductily by flowing, depending on the time scale of the stress. Our short, large stresses will cause brittle failure. Small stresses uh, exerted for a very long time will cause ductile failure. Can you give us an analogy? Hmm. It's kind of like silly putty. That's usually the go-to analogy. Um, silly putty, but it can't actually do the thing with the newspaper comic. Uh, well, yeah, silly putty. When you throw it against the ground, Cassie's uh, comedy of errors over here with her fucking cell phones. Silly putty when you throw it against the here, ground. Let me, let me like use Cassie that. with her cell phone. <laughs> Okay, so silly putty, if you roll it up in a ball and then throw it against the ground, it'll react elastically and bounce back up to to the height you threw it. But if you slowly stretch it apart, it'll stretch like taffy and it won't break. If you you yank it apart, it'll break instantly. So rocks act much the same way, just on a larger scale, and they require, they have a much higher strength, we we say in, in rock physics circles, than silly putty. There cool. you go. And that's basically the end of the pre-lockdown features for this episode of Ghost Adventures. So th- we made a cold shot earlier in this that the lockdown was going to be uneventful. We said that because not only do they uh, have a really stupid segment where they go to Zach's hometown, but they also have two different lockdown locations. Yeah, that's not usually a good sign. And the first, so weirdly, even though this episode is named after the Excalibur nightclub, I feel like they should have named it after the, the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery because it's where they go first and it's where they spend the most time. It's and where it's they also claim where, they go first, we should say. Well, it's also where things actually happen. Yeah, something actually fucking happens. So we start by being introduced to Sergeant Joe. Oh, of course. Sergeant Joe looks so put upon to be here. (laughs) Sergeant Joe really doesn't want to be doing this. He's got a cadre of eight police officers. Eight police officers. What a fucking way to use public tax dollars. In Chicago. In Chicago? Yeah. Eight police officers to to cordon off a park so that Zach Bagans can tromp around like an idiot? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is, in fact. And uh, Sergeant Joe appears to be embarrassed to be on camera Uh, also. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, this cop looks like a low-rent Tommy Lee Jones and he hates being here. (laughs) (laughs) 
like it very much. Um, so not we don't really have time for much to happen before the big thing from this episode yeah. happens. It's the only thing, and it's the most interesting thing. Now, do you remember how we said, and I actually put this down in my notes because I know a lot about this, because in my youth, actually, I was really, really into paranormal shit. Like, I like actually was. Like, I watched all the stuff. If I were a youth today, I probably would be watching Ghost Adventures. No, I would be watching Ghost Hunters. I'd no, because Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters has been proven to be, like... Staged. Staged, yeah. But then again. If you were a youth, you'd probably be like, oh, they don't stage it. It's totally real. It's totally real. I believe everything that TV sells me, (laughs) which is true. As I grew older, I like looked into like figuring out different explanations for things. And one of the things that I was really interested in was will-o'-wisps, which is a phenomenon usually near swamps, but anywhere that you have a large amount of decaying organic matter, you have this phenomenon where you see these orbs of light that when you follow them to try and figure out what they are, they disappear and another one pops up further away from you. Now, these were like mythologically supposed to be like fairies or spirits that were to to lead you off the trail. And like, if you look at Lord of the Rings, they have will-o'-the-wisps mm. in, the, in the dead marshes. When you follow the lights, you go, you're led into the, the swamp where you're face to face with a dead body. So this is all like, if you, if you go back to European fo- folklore, like you can see how the relationship between bogs, places with high sulfur-containing bacteria and phosphor-containing bacteria are decaying all this organic matter and this phenomenon of of will-o'-wisps. These boys see a will-o'-wisps. Yeah. They they see them. They see they see them and they follow them actually. We it's really sh- cool and they have them on tape which is amazing. And there is a swamp in the forest. They mention it several times. It's yeah. where the mobs dump the mobsters dump the bodies. Yeah. And um we spend a lot of time on these will-o'-wisps. We do. Most of the episode. Yeah. Uh, almost all the lockdown footage from this place is will-o'-wisps. I, so. I want to point out that the will-o'-wisps are the biggest orb of them all just for the for you bingo fans. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they're super orbs and you you can see them like this is amazing for ghost adventures the, yeah, yeah. the unfortunate thing is that they're like super duper explainable like and it's something that's common like it again it's been documented you know since since we've had people going near bogs like they're in folklore it actually is this really cool natural reaction when you have a uh, different decaying organic matter uh, puts up these different gases like one of them is a phosphine emitting gas Ooh. and when phosphines are emitted they produce light so when you have this reaction this chemical reaction of these gases from these different bacteria as they're rising they swirl together into basically just like a big bubble and it gets swirled together and as this chemical reaction is happening as it's uh, reacting it produces energy and that energy is released in the form of light so you get you get (laughs) a really large bright light that disperses as soon as the gases disperse or as soon as the energy disperses another interesting thing is that Aaron says that and and he's like really really focused Aaron gets so fucking focused in this part of the he's way way into it and I I am so there for it Um, but one of the big things that he keeps into, which is one of the really interesting thing about Will of the Wisps, it's the whole mythos of leading you off the trail. Because oh. when you follow it, it disappears. Oh uh, yeah, Aaron. Aaron like plays army for a little bit. He's like, we got to stay on target, guys. They're just trying. They're trying to distract us. We got to get to the brook. I wrote a, I wrote a quote down that I loved. Look, we're out of the graveyard now. Think about it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So one of the big things about these bubbles is if you walk near them, the air that you... Oh, shit. You're displacing are, air. You're displacing oh. air, which pushes this, this again, lighter-than-air bubble forward, and it stops the reaction until oh. it gets further away from you. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool thing. I'm, wanna... like, so deeply into this stuff. Like, this is all very, very cool, and it's all so explainable, but it also is, like, deeply Think tied of... in with with mythology. Think of when you step into a still, like, a, a relatively still pool, and you, your body entering into the pool creates ripples moving away from you. Yeah. That's basically what it's doing to these gas balls, is you are pushing the air, and it's literally pushing the balls away from you. It's the same thing of how it's like really, really, really hard to try and catch a bubble. Like once you blow a bubble, it's like, you know, yeah. it's, that's that's what makes bubbles so fun yeah. is that they're hard to catch yeah. because you're pushing them away by coming near them. Yeah. Do you know what I know about Will-O-Wisps? Oh? It's a move in Pokemon. It <laughs> is! You're right! It's a ghost type move that always leaves the opponent with a burn. From the from the Phosphine emission? <laughs> yeah, from Phosphine. <laughs> Uh, so that's basically it for the evidence here. They do uh, try to do some EVP. Yeah, we, we get one class A EVP. They says sounds like uh, something is coming, but I heard sleep at Patty's, and I think Laura <laughs> I heard... I sucking gummies. <laughs> sucking gummies. gummies. Sucking gummies. Um, they, they send Aaron in alone to the graveyard, and uh, he's he's like trying to talk to the people in the graves, and you can kind of hear his, his voice is audibly shaking while he does it. He's a little scared, <laughs> yes. He's really super duper scared. And he also, he asks them, he asks the residents of the graves if they can help him out at one point. Yeah. Uh, hey, Newman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Newman. Can you help me out? Hey, Newman. Uh, they do get a, like a really, really uh, blurry photo from their full spectrum camera, which is just them just not taking a good photo. And they think it's like potentially a spirit. Especially because when you take the photo again, it's gone. It's yeah. gone because yeah. he took it good this time. <laughs> and and it like there, there's like a blurry mass in the middle and then he shows us the after photo and it's obviously just a bush that he, he didn't have in focus. God, yeah. and these photos that they take, what is it called? A still cam it's, or something? It's, uh, it's a, a full. still full spectrum camera. It's awful. Like there's this huge bright purple spot in the middle of every photo. So and it's they're like, extremely, what are you... extremely noisy and grainy. Yeah. Like what I mean by yeah. noise is is there's a lot of stuff being picked up that like you can tell is not actually there. Yeah. Like you, it looks like a TV that's sort of got snow on it. Or it looks like when it, JPEG artifacting. And the, the huge light source in the center looks like you're shining a really fucking bright flashlight at a wall, like yeah. you can't see anything. Yeah, nothing. So nothing in these pictures is particularly in focus. Yeah. Like you can sort of tell that there's a bush and some trees, and that they yeah. take all of this to Sergeant Joe at the end of this. And, and Sergeant Joe. Oh wait, wait! Nick does ASMR role play oh, with the ghost. I ghosts. forgot about this part. I can't remember what they said. Like I can, it's like I can hear something or something like that. But this is like a great example of priming. Oh, you now, can see it coming. You can see it coming. Priming is when you say. Wor words that are very suggestive to people and then they hear what mm, yeah. is being said like because you suggested it because you suggested it i noticed this because it's so obvious like and it's one of those situations where usually if you turn your head you can't understand any of what they're saying but i turned my head and i, I could get it after hearing it a couple times dean is with us max has, has picked her up and she's on his shoulder she's wagging her tail she looks like she, she doesn't like it. Bit. Yeah, I don't like this. She doesn't want it. I was a little She's like, mean. maybe I'll stay for the butt scratches. <laughs> Look at her feet. 
<laughs> like poised to leave. Bye. The paranormal researcher guy we were talking about earlier, who we thought was a oh. bit unhinged, he said he, he they told him about the orbs, and then he's like, yeah, at one point we were in here and we saw a whole Victorian house, and I'm like, what, what? are you I totally on about? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it disappeared. It wasn't there. I'll take the ghost car because you can you at least have the fig leaf justification of uh, that they've kind of been trying to build a narrative of throughout the episode that oh they were the cars of the mobsters who were throwing people into the lake because Chicago mob. But why would there be a ghost house in this patch, this wildlife preserve and cemetery that no one has ever lived on? At and least also by it's the narrative presented by the show. It's like half swamp. Like yeah. you, you wouldn't want to build a house. No. Yeah. Anyway, Sergeant Joe says that he's glad to be there while they're making history. And he, he, says also, it, he says it kind of sarcastically. He's like, yeah, glad you can make history. Yeah. Um, he also confirms that other people see Will-O-Wisps here. Yeah. So... Oh, God, I missed that, too. So wow. anyway, that's the end of the, uh, what we're the told interesting is part. day one lockdown. So I feel like we can wrap up the actual Excalibur Club not lockdown very fast. By they just, saw nothing. There's fucking nothing. Nothing. Nothing Absolutely fucking nothing. happened. Uh, Zach- oh, and they, they're like really, really like insistent about it. Like there's a point where they say these things and then words yeah. pop up. No spikes. No EVPs. No, no voices. No, they even get the spirit box out and experience nothing, which is like so, really something. They also brought yeah. out the teddy bear. Oh, yeah. No visual evidence. Uh, uh, so th- two things actually do happen that are fun. Uh, one, Zach almost dies because he stands on we the We have railing. a bag and zing. He stands, stands on, on a railing. second second story railing. And he taunts a ghost to push him off. While he's standing like Jesus on oh, the and, cross. And, and the other thing that is interesting that connects into this is that Zach almost passes out visibly on camera. He also hears a conversation. And then he, then he debunks it quote unquote as Nick. It sounds like <laughs> Nick and yeah. Aaron. Yeah, it sounds like basically or, yeah, they're Aaron really tired. Yeah, and they're yeah. starting to kind of like. Oh, and the way like the way that Zach is talking is like his speech is like a little bit slurred, and his ideas are not quite connected. Yeah. So it sounds yeah, it like sounds to was, me like he was getting really really tired, <laughs> and then like he was rambling at one point. He was like, "Man, it's like I'm just walking through all the history of the, all the people who have died and the stuff." That that's yeah. literally how how coherent he was being. And then he falls down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't fall down the stairs as though he tripped. And he says, many people will say that I tripped. No, he blacked out. Yeah. He, and he fell he, on his bum. Like, he, he fell backwards on his He fell butt. backwards, and you can see his arms go rigidly to his side, and he falls back, and then he catches himself as he's falling. Either he had low blood sugar, or maybe his five-hour, his, like, Three, three straight five-hour energies all wore off at or the same Or maybe he was just tired. People pass out for all different reasons. Just remember that Zach Baggins never really considers health problems being the cause of and supposed then, paranormal instances. This is what I thought, like, looking at them. It looked a little bit like you might have inner ear problems mm. from going up and down and you might have vertigo. Zach falls on his big fat booty. And no, <laughs> no, correction. It's probably really small because he oh. wears giant pants. Oh, he does wear big pants. And he, he's probably like an upper body dude and he, he doesn't really like to... Oh, yeah. he probably bruised his coccyx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Nick says, that's what I felt! And he says it like so petulantly, as, like as though Zach was just not listening to him when Zach is obviously like not doing very well. So <laughs> probably a first, at least for me, they conclude that they found absolutely no evidence in the nightclub. But that doesn't mean it's not haunted. 
according nope. to Zach. It nope. just means they didn't get any evidence. Yeah. And, and this leads us to our suspicion that they actually recorded the nightclub segment first. And, and then needed more shit. And, and they found that cemetery at the last minute. And then they re-edited the episode so it looked like they went to the cemetery first, just in case people got suspicious. Yep. Um, so that was that episode of Ghost Adventures. What was uh, your favorite part? Uh, uh, definitely the Will-O-Wisps. It's just like a really interesting phenomenon, and I, 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 I really hope to see it one day in nature. Like, I think so it's really I, cool. Frankly. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. These guys accidentally got, like, really good footage of a natural phenomenon that is still very interesting. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part was the magician, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Magician Man was good. He was really out there. I liked him. I also liked the bold-faced admission that they got absolutely no evidence at the Excalibur nightclub. <laughs> I like that, too. I did not like the part where uh, Sax stood on the railing with his arms out, teetering back and forth. That was very viscerally upsetting to me, and I thought he was going to definitely uh, beef it this time. Nice. You think that every time, but somehow he is a blessed man and, and stays safe. <laughs> Zach, Zach Bagans yeah, is a that, day walker. That yeah. elevator... That elevator should have killed him. Yeah. I also maybe maybe Zach Bagans is a ghost, and that elevator <laughs> did kill him. Dude. I wouldn't say that this was my favorite part of the episode, but I would like to bring attention to the transition from them being at the protests and not really understanding like why they were going on and just kind of calling them riots and and then making a transition to them in his hometown and, and meeting his fans. This this is not this is not the first time that this this has happened. The situation where it feels too serious for him, and so he has to. <laughs> the only way he feels that he can uplift the episode is by stroking his ego. Is by stroking his ego, yeah. So anyway, I guess it's time for the bingo review. Yeah. So we started out the episode with uh, obvious makeup, just right out the gate. This this episode is very light on on bingo and drinking actions. You could get through this one without alcohol poisoning. Well, I, I thought so, but we ended up with sixteen. Uh, so. well, but sixteen is less than like the usual uh, twenty 30, to thirty. Yeah. So the bad fashion, as always, that's the free space, and I, I we would like to reiterate again the the very poor choice of bad fashion this time, getting himself mixed up with a black block. Um, there was that the. the terrible reenactment of the guy falling off the railing and we get a bonus triple replay of that terrible reenactment no less the necromancer coot plenty of mentions of demons and satanists the orb to rule them all bunch of dudes ghost taunting uh they sent aaron in alone twice that's fun they got two class a evps they put debunked on the screen three times using it in three different ways and zach shushed aaron during the uh during the orb chase yes so, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Insanely Haunted. Uh, anything else, darling? Sweet watch. <laughs> what? Sunday hike. Lovely photo from Zach Bagans. Dope new track. Uh... Is it one of his? I don't know. I don't think so. Zach Bagans is the Haunted Museum tweeted, Many come, all leave. Some are followed. Okay, uh, I thought that was just many come, as in, like, lots of comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's also, um, he, he retweeted a CNN article. He says, a headline I actually like, two thumbs up, CNN article about how Democrats and Republicans are proposing a bill that would make animal cruelty a federal felony, which is awesome. And we all know that Zach Beggins is a friend of the animals, which is great. He's just not a friend of humans. <laughs> or ghosts. Unless he is one. Uh, and of course, we'd like to remind you that, especially in these trying times, support your state 
local national parks. Especially your national parks. Especially national parks. It's- the rangers are returning and finding that some of the damage is irreparable. So they're going to need all of your support. And we lost a lot of money during the shutdown. If you've got any friends who have suffered from the shutdown. Buy them a, buy them a, buy them a load of groceries, you know? Yeah. Help them out however you can, even if it's like just giving them company. Pay their goddamn rent. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah. Um, reminder, if you want to support our national parks, National Park Foundation and National Parks Conservation Association are two really good organizations to donate to. And last but not least, I'd like to say thank you to our good friend, Leandra. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the hand. hand. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us this evening. Am I correct? Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our friends that we saw at PodCon. Yes. Uh, all of our... So many wonderful friends from, our, from the Facebook group for uh, podcasters that we're in. You guys are some of the most supportive people I've ever met in my life. I love your art. I love your passion. Also, our 69th episode will be coming up soon. and the Featuring a special, special set of guests. The Nelson Sisters from Historical Hotties. One of our favorite podcasts. You should go listen to that for sure. Um, but as always, I'll be saying goodbye to you this afternoon, reminding you to stay Haunted. Stay spooky. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Austin. And I'm Laura Ray. And you just heard... A a Class A EVP. For 600 million years, life has been struggling up from the mud. From tiny single cell organisms, to dinosaurs, to massive mammals, and then finally to the pinnacle of evolution, the platypus. Join Talking With Dinosaurs, the world's number one not safe for work comedy dinosaur podcast hosted by a New Zealander, as we explore evolution's biggest, scariest, and weirdest moments. Available wherever podcasts podcasts, whenever I remember to release it.